Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, giving away 100 bucks to Optimum Golf. You can find them in Park Hill or the Rhino neighborhood. And uh, right now is a perfect time to get custom fit custom built clubs as the season is just starting they can take care of that for you great precision work that they do to make sure that you get the right clubs also uh, you can take lessons from their award-winning pros that hundred bucks can also go towards taking a lesson from my guy kyle who is fantastic he teaches my daughter or you can just go to the base you can go there for two hours on us with a hundred bucks and play any courses you want to and fine-tune your game for the upcoming season Give us a call, 303-831-1340, 303-831-1340. You're going to get 100 bucks from Optimum Golf. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so uh, getting back to what is our top story today, Tim Conley, five-year, $40 million deal to go to the Timberwolves. This includes ownership equity. The uh, Nuggets made an offer that Tim Conley reportedly got from... Uh, Mike Singer, he didn't get the deal from Mike Singer, but Mike Singer is reporting <laughs> that uh, Conley was sitting on that deal since Saturday. It took him a while to decide, yes, I want to go to Minnesota. Uh, from what has been reported, it's been, it was a very competitive deal how, that how was offered. What's that? How competitive do you Well, think? it was reported that it was a very competitive deal. I'm not saying it was $8 million. I'm guessing it was in the six, high six neighborhood. If you're high on him, why don't you just match? Because he's going to leave because of the ownership stake anyway. That's that's where the money is. Okay. Okay, so let's put this in perspective, what that actually means. So just for fun, I crunched some numbers. I looked at the last team to be sold in the NBA, and that was the Utah Jazz back in 2020, so two years ago. It sold for $1.66 billion. I have no idea how much ownership stake Tim Conley got, but I think it's a fair bet to assume it's at least in the 2% neighborhood. Would you agree? I, I don't know. No. I would guess it was at I least... High finances over my head. I would say it was probably 2%. I'm still laughing because you said you were saying Mike Singer, maybe, because no sports writer can muster that kind of money. Well, I don't, I don't know if you know, but since you've left the Denver Post, they've really jacked up salaries. Oh, really? Along with laying off a lot of people and almost folding. But that's a whole... But listen, they're owned, owned by a hedge fund company. They have lots of money. <laughs> they just don't want to invest in the media. But I digress. 2% of $1.66 billion, if the team is sold today, is $33 million. So that is the first four year of Conley's contract. And he would get $33 million for doing nothing. How in the world do you turn that down? So he should hope to walk in the door and see somebody putting out for sales. Well, actually, Glenn Taylor is selling the team. Well, that's right, Joe, through the end of next year. That's right, but that's not going to be considered a sale. I can't imagine he's going to reap equity right off the hop. 
Now, if he does, now that's one hell of a story yeah. as well. So some people will say, and, and you were right to point out, well, how come the how come Kroenke didn't match? Well, maybe he could have matched on salary, but I don't blame him for not matching on equity. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why. If you're going to give Tim Conley equity, you better be sure that Tim Conley is your gener- is your president until his final days. Because if for some reason you let him go, okay? <laughs> hamstrings. He, no, he doesn't hamstring anything. If you give him ownership stake and he leaves or he gets fired, you're going to owe him that money mm-hmm. after selling the team. So you better be sure he's with that team for the rest of your life. Now, I did read, and oh, by the way, it is my understanding, uh, and this is according to reports, but I'll put it in more context. This is not the first time that an executive has been offered ownership stake or given ownership stake, I should say. When Pat Riley went to the Miami Heat, he had a 14-point, basically, letter of instructions to the Heat on the conditions that he wanted to go there. One of them was a 10% ownership stake in the team. Now, I don't think he got 10%, but I'm guessing he got something. But the difference between Tim Conley and Pat Riley is, you know Pat Riley, his track record. And you know he would probably be a lifer. Looking at his suntan, I don't think he wants to leave Miami. <laughs> you know, he's not going to the Cavaliers. No. Pat Riley's... I'm not saying that Tim Conley is not a proven commodity. Pat Riley is. And oh, by the way, looking at the titles they won under Pat mm-hmm. Riley, he's a proven commodity now. If he wasn't already uh, before. Maybe one more title. He doesn't need to win one. Eric Spolster is going to the Hall of Fame. The, the, his their legacies have been cemented. Eric Spolster, the Hall of Fame. I don't think you realize how good he is when you look at his record. Well, I covered him in college basketball. Well, but, but, I listen. I covered John Beeline at Canisius. So I'm just saying, I I uh, have a remembrance of him as a young man and have well, rooted for him ever since. Right. You, you know, his dad was involved with this franchise temporarily in the short term. I did not know that. Yes, he Eric, was he was president of the Nuggets for a brief time. Right. I mean, you have a guy, okay, you have a guy in Eric Spolster, not to get sidetracked here, he's a two-time NBA champion. He was also an assistant coach for a championship team. And then, look look at his wins and losses as well over the course of his career. He already has 660 wins, mm-hmm. and he's a two-time world champion. Mm-hmm. He is ticketed to go to the Hall of Fame. Okay. And by the way, he's not done yet. Getting back to Tim Conley, losing Conley is not my biggest concern. My biggest concern is the guys he's going to take with him. How many of them and who are they? I have no idea how many there are and who he's going to take, but you better believe guys are going to go with him. How how would I'm honestly asking your opinion your opinion on this. Oh, how would you. how would that hamstring how would that hurt the Nuggets? It depends on who they take. So let's just say for the sake of argument, they're not replaceable parts. Every, well, everybody's replaceable, <laughs> right? Yes. Everybody is Okay, everybody is replaceable. So, I'll give you a guy that would not make Nikola Jokic happy if he left. The assistant strength and or the uh, director of performance and the head strength and conditioning coach is Felipe Eichenberger. Mm-hmm. Jokic and him are really, really, really tight. So tight, uh, Felipe went to Serbia with Josh Kroenke and Conley and Malone. That would be a big blow for Jokic. I'm not suggesting he's not going to sign his max extension. Isn't that the That's really the only issue in my mind is whether it sours him. It won't. On signing the no, extension. God, no. He then, wants. So, then so what? Well, because 
the one thing that Tim Conley did really well was building a family atmosphere where guys got along and worked really well together. Tim Conley made it a point not to bring in bad apples. He did. And oh, by the way, that's one reason why he traded Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. He wasn't crazy about Malik Beasley. Now you go back to the Mark Warkentine days with the three-headed monster yeah. with Brett Barrup and Warkentine and Rex Chapman. And bad guys. They consistently brought in guys with questionable character. That was not Tim Conley's M.O. So you have guys that work really well together and now some of those guys are going to leave and we don't know who Calvin Booth is going to hire. I'm not saying he's going to make bad hires and he will be running this organization and he is highly thought of within the organization. But you're chipping away at the family by taking those members well, with you. Is Calvin Booth probably making much less money than Tim Conley? Is he is he a, a uh, Oh yeah. Oh he he's right in the Cronky price pay structure which would be bottom of the league. But is he competent? Is he competent? Can he be a guy to take over from Conley and take this franchise to the next level, overcoming overcoming some of the obstacles that have been placed in his path? Well, he, okay, let me answer that two ways. Number one, we do not know what Calvin Booth is like as a talent evaluator mm-hmm. because he hasn't made any draft picks. He hasn't brought in any free agents. I have been told by other people that he has he is highly thought of. One guy told me he wouldn't hire him. But that's not but that's not the point. It's what Josh Kroenke thinks. And if they think he is good enough to be the GM, then I suppose you have to take a roll of the dice on him. But if we're being completely honest, look at Josh Kroenke's record. Hired Masai Ujiri, mm-hmm. top three GM. Tim Conley, uh, top five, top seven GM. Arturis Karnasovas, top ten GM. With that you have a pretty good track record from Josh Kroenke on spotting executive talent. And here's the other thing that I believe they will do, because all you have to do is look at the history, Terry. Calvin Booth will certainly remain in title, the general manager. It would not surprise me. Well, that's that's his title anyway. Are you going to hold out the carrot of executive vice president of basketball basketball operations? Well, so this is how the Kroenke's do things. Somebody goes after Calvin Booth, you bump him up, but you need room to grow. So if they... To play the title game? Well, that's what they do with Tim Conley. Okay? He wasn't the general manager at the end. Well, he started as the GM, then he went to vice president yeah. of basketball operations, then became Calvin the president. Calvin is the general manager. He's the general manager. Now, will they give him a new title, vice president of basketball operations? I guess they probably would to entice him to stay and they'll give him some more money. I don't think he's going to, I don't know if he'll be the lowest paid guy in the league at his position, but he's certainly going to be way down there. But then if somebody comes after him, well, we'll promote him to president and then we'll give him some more money. Can I be given room to grow? Can I be executive vice president of afternoon drive operations? Absolutely. Thank you. Now you got to give me a raise. You've only been here a week. So, well, you're going to have to sit and talk to the boss on that one. And after a week, I mean, you're good, Terry, but you got you to gotta give the boss more than a week to make a decision on you. Okay. You don't even know if you're on shaky footing at all anyway. Who's to say the uh, boss won't say, why don't you go take a walk if you want to race? Okay. Yeah. I don't know who the boss is, but we'll find the boss eventually. Danny? It's not me. Oh. <laughs> however, however. Yes. I run the show. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very much. I can't remember. Somebody told me the guy's name, and I don't know if I want to throw it out there. I think his name is Tommy Balsettis. 
I think that's him, but I'm not sure. Somebody told me a guy's name that they believe who's in the Nuggets organization is is destined to be a GM in this league. Mm-hmm. Is that the same guy that you, that you know that name? No. There is one guy. I think it's him. I'm not sure. But that would be a loss if Tim takes him with him. That would be a loss. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. So maybe if Tommy is the guy, I can't remember if it is, but somebody told me there is one guy who they believe is going to be a really good GM in this league. So when Calvin Booth gets knocked up to executive vice president, then that this, guy becomes general manager. Unless, unless Tim becomes the president and hires, say, Tommy as the vice president of basketball operations. So we'll have to wait to see how that plays out. Yes. Because you can make the case for everything that's happened with the Nuggets. When they hired Masai, they did have to go outside the organization mm-hmm. to bring in Tim Conley. But if Conley left, they had Arturis. And now that Arturis is gone, they have Calvin Booth, who's waiting in the wings. And if it is this Tommy guy, then you have a guy waiting in the wings. What kind of job is Calvin Booth inheriting? Does he have a chance to win? That's that's the other question. Uh, he will not he will not bring in high-priced free agents because no one's ever been able to do that. Or high-talent level free agents. Please don't tell me Paul Millsap. <laughs> guy. He, he's not that guy. I'll, I'll be very brief about this, and I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I'll, I'll choose my words carefully. Young urban black men do not look at Denver as a place where they say, man, got to live here. Miami, they do. Chicago, they do. L.A., they do. New York, they do. Houston, they do. Not Denver. Not Denver. And for as great as Jokic is, yeah, guys might want to play with Jokic, but I don't know if they want to live in Denver. And that's why they haven't been able to attract free agents. So I think that Booth is hamstrung there for sure. Mm-hmm. But number two, is Booth going to be saddled with an albatross around his neck? MPJ. And that contract. Because I got to tell you, that could sink this franchise. So why isn't Tim Conley getting more criticism for that? I criticized him the day it happened. Yes, sir. The day it happened. The day it happened, I felt like I was on my but own. But isn't that island. such an important step, an important hamstringing element in his tenure that, that he should be criticized more for? I crit- Danny, when we did the show, paraphrase what I said about the MPJ contract. The day it happened. That it was excessive for what he has done. And no reason to do it at that point. There was no reason to give him that contract. You let the year play out at least till the end. But you're also telling me that 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 uh, Mike Conley was a genius as a GM. I didn't say I never. I, know, I never used you. the word genius. As I time. said to you in the in the last hour, if you want to be critical of Tim Conley, this is where you can be critical. Number one, he drafted Jokic, n- never discovered him. Jamal Murray should have gone higher in the draft, fell into his lap at seven. Yes, drafted MPJ would have been higher higher if he wasn't injured, but then gave him that contract. Loves his players too much. That's a big flaw in him. That's a big flaw in him. Why do you think Will Barton's still with the team? By the way, I believe he will be traded. Gary Harris stayed here too long. He drafts guys, talking about Conley, falls in love with him, doesn't want to trade his kids. Monte Morris. Monte Morris is a good role player. Second-round pick. Nice yeah. pick. But again, Nikola Jokic is the only all-star on this roster since 2013. And Tim Conley started in 2013. That's it. If we're being real about it, and oh, by the way, um, gr- uh, listen, guys, miss. I get that. I mean, how many teams missed on Tom Brady? I'm with you on that. They drafted Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz. For the Jazz. Yeah. 
if you really thought he was going to be great, you should have taken him yourself. I love Tim Conley. Great at building a family environment where guys like to come to work and work together. That is, that's something that just doesn't happen magically. But there's certainly flaws in Tim Conley's game. And you and I also have talked about Arturis Karnasovas was a pretty strong voice in that room. Mm-hmm. Very strong voice in that room. I'll be honest with you. I love Tim Conley as a person. Having a beer with him. But I want a GM who has some ass to him. Okay? A guy who is willing, and I will paint a picture here, and I'll try and be as discreet as possible because we have to hit a break. I want a GM who's as nice as can be, who, if he gets upset, says, I'm going to take your man parts, and I'm going to take a very sharp razor. I'm going to cut you up as high as I can, pop some popcorn, pull up a lawn chair, and pull a pull a draft off the keg and watch you bleed out. That's the guy I want as my GM. By the way. And you know who that guy is? Masai Ujiri. You know who that guy is? Arturis Karnasovas. That guy is not Tim Conley. I watched the Preakness on Saturday. Your horse wasn't in it. No, my balls d- didn't make the cut. Whoops. I didn't mean to say it that way. You set me up. Coming up after the break, big game tonight. Avalanche against the Blues. What's going to happen? Are we going to see some retaliation? And, oh, by the way, kind of interesting that Bennington got run by Kadri, considering Bennington went on Twitter when he was younger and said some pretty awful things about Muslims. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. It's the loose puck. I, I just try to get my stick in there and, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he just threw a water bottle at me or not, but... <laughs> wow. Somebody threw a water bottle at you? Was that Bennington you're saying? Uh, I don't know. It's it's possible. You have to ask him. So I don't know who it was. I'm talking to you guys. Bennington's a pathetic piece of garbage for that and for what we're about to talk about. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Windfall Brewing Company in the Orchard Town Center. Uh, they are outstanding. 17 craft brews on tap. Uh, their executive chef used to be the sous chef at Shanahan, so you know how good the food is. And I've had it there, and it's amazing. Plus, great place to take the kids to because they have 23 pinball machines, Pac-Man, Golden Tee, all your favorite arcade games. place has something for everyone. Windfall Brewing Company, go check them out in Westminster. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Avalanche Blues tonight with the Avalanche having a chance to take a commanding 3-1 lead in this playoff series. You know what happened with Kadri in Billington. Uh, The sound we just played, Billington threw a water bottle at Kadri uh, during the postgame interview. I mean, like, really? 
Vinnington is not the most brilliant guy walking the planet. I think you could use a stronger adjective than that. Hey, can he said some idiotic, hateful, and moronic things. Yes. Go ahead. Tell us. What did he? Well, 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 you, you can read him. Okay. So this is what he put back out on Twitter back in 2013. Granted. How he, old was he? 19 or 20. 19 or 20. What he, he, what he said was when people wear the burqas at the airport, how is the security able to see them on their passport? He tweeted this. If you're underage and nervous of getting into a bar, throw the damn burqa on. No way the bouncer will get into an awkward questioning, will he? And then he tweeted out, yo, taxi man, I'd probably rather listen to the radio than listen to you talk on the phone in another language. He said he has grown up since then, and that's fine. He apologized for those tweets. At the end of the day, and Danny pointed this out to me before we started the show, Eric, he was young. Well, at the end of the day, he's not that much older. He's about 27 now, something like that. Point is, yes, I'm sure he had some remorse. I'm sure he had more remorse than somebody dug that stuff up. But at the end of the day, he was essentially an adult at the time. He wasn't some 12-year-old kid. And did he change his mind about Muslims? I can't tell you if he did or not. But being racist is taught at an early age. And that stuff just doesn't disappear unless there is some extenuating circumstances or there's an aha moment in your life like, I don't know, you're walking across the street, a bus is about to hit you, and a Muslim pushes you out of the way. Then you might have a new appreciation for Muslims. Okay, that was hateful and moronic. He was young. Yep. So it's up to you whether to be unforgiving or not. He me? Said, he me, said me? you or anybody. He said he was sorry. If you want to take that for face value, that's up to you. What about what Craig Berube that's said? That's what I was just going to say. Is Craig, Craig Berube was suspended for one game as a player for calling Peter Worrell African-American player uh, on Florida at the time. What do you call him? Craig Berube was uh, with Washington. He called him a monkey. Right. He did not contest that. He said, well, I've called other players monkey, which I, which was probably hard to believe. And he was suspended for one game. Do I think that's something that would come out of Berube's mouth again? Do you? I doubt it. No, I'm saying like at a party. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know Craig Berube well enough. To venture a guess at all. Do, do, do I think that he's a racist? I think that's too strong of a term. Do I think those are the thoughts that cross his mind to this day? Absolutely. Do I think those are the thoughts that cross uh, uh, Billing, uh, Billington's mind? Absolutely. Oh, Bennington is. Bennington, excuse yeah. me. Not Craig Billington. <laughs> Jordan Bennington. I mixed them up too, actually, because yeah. Craig Billington was a goaltender also. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah he was, he was uh, Patrick Waugh's backup goaltender. You know, this may be off track, but I was thinking about the connections here. Peter Worrell was a member of the Colorado Avalanche. Yep. The night Steve Moore was attacked. Yep. And he was in. It was in Vancouver. He got a game misconduct, and as he was coming off the ice, it was pretty clear he was mad. He wasn't mad just about Steve Moore. I'm to this day convinced he was mad because of the Vancouver fans, and and I heard this were yelling racial epithets at him, and that's hockey in some time in some right. ways, and. I went with the avalanche to the hospital to see Steve Moore and flew with them on to Edmonton. And I told Tony Granato, the coach, I need to talk to Peter Worrell because I need to find out what was being said to him, why he was so angry, and was it just Steve Moore? And as I was waiting to talk to him in the lobby, Tony, Gran Tony Granato was looking up at Peter Worrell, who's much taller, and kind of pointing in his face very nicely. I mean, it was, it was a, a friendly conversation. Yep. But it, and then I interviewed Peter Worrell, 
And he said, no, nobody said anything. It wasn't anything. Nobody called me a racial name hmm. or anything. I think to this day, I'm absolutely convinced Tony Granato told him, hey, there's enough going on in this right yep. now. We don't need to inject that too. Yeah. By the way. But that's an element in hockey. Yeah. By the way, I'll get in trouble for saying this and that's fine. I'm not saying anything. I'll say, I'll say, I'm going to say something that's going to insult people and that's fine. Who if are you going to insult? No, no, no. And if you're insulted, I don't care. I'm glad Kadri knocked him out. <laughs> what goes around, Why? what goes around, comes around and payback is a bitch. Except that the part of the, part of the thing that's been, uh, over long is, overdue, but some of you this- got to be accountable for your words. You got, I don't think he did it intentionally, Terry, but if anybody was no, going to knock him he, out, he, he, he didn't, didn't do it intentionally. He didn't slide into him because of something he but said. But if anybody on the roster, if anybody old. on the roster was going to, and I mean this sincerely, accidentally knock him out, I'm glad it was caught. But did you watch the play in slow motion? This is the, he didn't do it on purpose. He didn't do it. You can't look at things in Rose slow motion. And, Rose Rosen pushed him into Bennington. Kadri's Kadri's line was changed by the contact Correct. with Rosen. Right, who's a former Avalanche player too. So, in my mind, and and I hope this is not coming off as Homerish because there's been some just pathetic, disgusting, unprofessional, immature partisanship on the part of the media and all of this too. And I think we, in some ways, we should be embarrassed by it. Yeah. But in this case, I, I can look at it, put it through the Homer filter, look at it, and see that Cadre's Cadre's motion right. direction was changed by Rosen. No question. And so, you know, and the other thing is, you, you, I've spoken of this for many, many years. It really plagues the sport of hockey, but it's other sports too. The 180 degree, if your ox is gored, if your guy is the one delivering the hit, your guy was just delivering a love tap in the corner. But if your guy was the one who took the hit, right. it was attempted murder. Right. And then the 180 degrees is, and this is broadcasters, writers, yep. media, yep. other media fans. If if the circumstances are completely switched, 180%, the reactions are 180%. Right. It just all depends on if it's your guy who got took the hit or not. Can I tell you something? That's pretty pathetic. In o- some off topic, in some how my mind works. You know, yes. what I, you know what I did today? Because th- there are enough ingredients in this pot of gumbo to have a powder keg tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And while this wouldn't add to it, this would have been kind of juicy if this was actually true. Ah, you you just love you love to stir it up. I'm not trying to stir it up. I looked this up just to see if it was true. My last name is Goodman. I'm Jewish. Goldman, you know, is Jewish. Rosenberg, you know, is Jewish. I looked to see if Rosen was Jewish because I think that would have been so unbelievable. If someone who is Jewish knocks somebody who is Muslim into somebody who put out racial tweets about Muslims, I think that would have been just unbelievable. Well, how did you try to find that out, and what did you find out? He's not. What did you find? Some place that said who is Jewish, who is not Jewish? Believe me when I tell you, the list of Jewish sports legends is not a book. It's a pamphlet. (laughs) Hank Greenberg, guy, um, Sean Green, but I digress. But wouldn't it have been something that Kadri is getting all of this racial death threat hate. And it was somebody Jewish who knocked him in. That would have been unbelievable, don't you think? That would have been, that would have added another level to the story to me. Okay. Listen, considering the conflict between Israel and all the states Mm -hmm. around him, I think it would have added another layer to it. Okay. Not intentional, clearly, but I think that would have been like, wow, that's kind of, Odd. I, I want to know, and I, I doubt if it's true. I want to know if Gary Bettman somehow put out the word to, to the to the two general managers, 
Why would he do it to the GMs? Doug, Arm, Doug Armstrong of the Blues, who's known to be a very, very uh, good guy, professional, respected, yep. and to Joe Sackick of, yeah, I'm holding, they, you, I'm holding you responsible if it gets ridiculous tonight. Well, I'm holding Gary Bettman responsible for not denouncing the racist death threats. I, let's, we started out the show by me saying right. that is what has me most distressed. Reprehensible. That's what, it, that has me most distressed today is that the Blues have not disowned it. And uh, the players haven't disowned it. The management hasn't disowned it. And yes, the NHL has just said we're paying attention. On a normal day, we probably would have led with day three, phase three of Broncos minicamps. Last segment of the show. Russell Wilson. Way to hear what he had to say about the way he feels this team looks right now. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to lowt99.com. Broncos started phase three of training camp today and it's become clear quite quickly. Queer. Oh boy. That's a tongue twister. And I wrote it. It's become clear quite quickly. Russell Wilson, his approach, uh, is something like we haven't seen since Peyton Manning. You got to set the tone every day. Uh, there is no other option. Yeah. Uh, if you want to win, you want to win it all. You want to be uh, the best in the world as a team and everything else. There is no other option. So that's what we have to do. And it's it's a wild obsession every day. you know. And, and also, too, the, uh, the ability also be able to enjoy the moments as well you know to be able to push to the edge and not fall off the edge to be able to the ability to to uh to, to work so hard uh that that you're gassed at the end of practice but then to be able to take your time and recover and just enjoy uh the, the process of being able to play this game um the ability to just get extra work before practice after practice uh get extra work in the weight room whatever take care of your mind and your body and your soul it's a it's a it's a lifestyle you know winning's a lifestyle it's, um it's not even you know, I think that it's it's bigger than just the ability to compete. It's also the ability to understand the habits of winning. There's habits that, that, that have to that have to occur. There's no other option. I think that's what winners do. That's what winning football team does. And I think that's what we're, what we're trying to do. We're trying to build right now in the midst of it. I love how Russell Wilson says publicly and to his team, winning is a lifestyle. <laughs> Outside of Joe Flacco, looking at all the quarterbacks the Broncos have had, no one had the credibility to say that. And as for Flacco, he didn't say much anyway Besides him saying, well, Drew Locke, I'm not here to mentor him. That's the most memorable quote from Joe Flacco. But getting back to Wilson, I think he is installing a work ethic and a confidence in this franchise that we have not seen since Manning. It's a demand and and an expectation of excellence. And that's refreshing to hear. And uh, I really like to push to the edge but not fall off the edge. 
because a lot of people push to the edge and then they fall off it. Right. And so I think that's that that's uh, a mantra that the organization in the locker room should take to heart. I think Wilson's attitude is going to affect these games on the scoreboard because with the type of work ethic that he is demanding from his teammates, guys aren't going to take one less rep on the bench press. I don't think they're going to allow themselves to get out of that film room early. I think they're going to give that extra effort in practice. And I think all that stuff is eventually going to pay dividends in wins. It's, it's football is far more than just talent and execution. It's about the preparation. I say this all the time, control what you can control. I can't control some things when a game is happening live, but I can control my preparation going into it. And I think the guys in that team are seeing that that's how Russell Wilson feels as well. Do you think the guys on the team, and this is a rhetorical question because I think I can answer it myself. Well, you answer Do you think it. the guys on the team respect him enough to do exactly what he's saying, or is the makeup of this team still a little marginal in, in enough areas that he has to get that influence over the entire room? They better listen to him. You know why? Because there, I don't, there are very few guys in that roster who have ever won Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. He has. So he brings credibility to the party. And for those guys who've been with the Broncos for a long time, they barely even know what it's like to win. So why not try something new? But I think all the guys are buying in when he invited all those guys down to his compound. I believe it was in San Diego. I think that everybody saw, wow, this is what it takes to win. And if everybody buys in, and I believe they will, the work they're putting in now is going to help them in the fourth quarter of games might help them go to the playoffs, might help them go far in the playoffs. But he's right. It is it is about attitude. And there has to be a change in the environment that has been going on there for six years, which is losing and never saying the word championship or Super Bowl in a sentence because we've never heard that over six years. Now guys are saying it because they believe it, mm-hmm. because their leader is not just not just leading on the field, but he's leading by example. And I believe he will lead on the field, but he is leading by example. There are some leaders who don't talk a lot, like a champ Bailey, but everybody respected him. Russell Wilson is like Peyton Manning. He is both. He leads through words and he leads through actions. But what we will find out is if the roster around him is yet suitable to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Well, George Payton, year two, Nathaniel Hackett, year one, Russell Wilson, year one. It's going to take some time. And remember, in 2012, when Peyton Manning got here, they started the season two and three. And he wasn't very good. No. And then it all clicked against the Chargers. So it might take some time to click. We'll see. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Game four between the Celtics and Heat tonight and... Jimmy Butler should be available, so good news for the Heat. We'll also talk about the Rockies and the Pirates. They are playing right now, currently tied at one. That's all next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports.
now it's our turn to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP.com. Want to give a big shout out to our friend Jim Benneman from CBS4. He's announced his retirement at the end of this year. One of the all-time good guys in the Denver media. Uh, he has been working at CBS4 since 2002. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, the Miami Heat at Boston Celtics for Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Heat currently lead that series 2-1. to one, And Jimmy Butler expected to play. He will warm up as if he is going to play after missing the second half of Game 3 with right knee inflammation. And uh, Tyler Hero, also out at the end of that game, NBA's sixth man of the year. He is doubtful for tonight, probably will not be playing Jimmy, however, will be back. So with Miami able to win that game, despite not having Jimmy Butler, not having Tyler Hero down the stretch, and the Celtics giving them a little run to get back into it, has your view of this series changed for the Eastern Conference Finals and how it will play out? I swung toward the Heat. I think they'll win tonight. I think Adebayo was so terrific the other night with Butler struggling. He only played 19 minutes, and they still managed to win. So I'm going to go with the Heat. Uh, I picked uh, Boston at the beginning, and I'm just going to stick with them. Not having Marcus Smart's a big deal, man. He's the defensive player of the year. Not having Hero for the entire game, that is a big deal. That is a huge deal. Sixth man of the year, yes, but he played a lot of minutes. He played starters minutes. If Butler doesn't play, I mean, he's a terrific defensive player too, but I'll stay with the Celtics. I'm not going to change my ship mid-course. And the Celtics, of course, have won in these playoffs without Marcus Smart before, so they got a shot. If they have better games from Jason Tatum uh, than the last game, they've got a shot. Just in case you missed it, Justin Thomas won the PGA Championship after a three-hole playoff against Will Zalatoris. Thomas finished one under at Augusta, tied for eighth at the Masters. The winner of the Masters, Scotty Scheffler, Six over par Thursday and Friday did not make the cut at the PGA. So those are the first two majors of the year. We have two majors left, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship. Will either Thomas, the number five in the world golf rankings, or Scheffler, the world number one, win another major this season? I'll take Scheffler on that. I think he's the best player in the world, and he's going to win one more. I think when it comes to golf and you pick a player, it depends on the course. Some guys are better horses. putters. Horses for courses? Yep. Well, no, that's actually what it is. If some guys are not consistently on the fairway with their drives, I will never give them a shot to win the U.S. Open. Ever. So, now, some guys have. Because of the rough. Because of the rough. 
Right. Because of the rough. If you are not a good putter, I will not give you a chance to win the Masters. How good are both of those guys, Scheffler and Justin Thomas, on Lynx courses? I don't know. But I think the odds will reflect the best Lynx course players. I'll give you a guy who's a great Lynx course player. And while he was a very good player, he was a Lynx course player. And that's John Daly. Mm-hmm. That's why he won the British Open, right? A couple times, I believe, right? Spelt John Daly. Spelt, oh yeah, boy. I, I read that um, he played in a he played in a tournament, or I think it was in a tournament, and he had 22 cigarettes. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. 22 cigarettes, um, a whole bunch of junk food, and drank no water, and still threw up a pretty good round. He drank a bunch of Diet Cokes as well. Yeah, but he didn't drink any water. No water. Just Diet Cokes. Cigarettes, Diet Cokes, when it wasn't windy, a rack of cocaine. A man for the masses. Yes. I believe that was at the PGA Championship several years back. Something like that. No, this happened recently. I think it was something that resurfaced because he was playing at the PGA Championship. He is an everyman. I think it was a past PGA Championship. He is is an everyman golfer. Make no mistake about it. Just in case you missed it, Rockies at Pirates currently going on. They're in the bottom of the fourth in Pittsburgh, tied at one. The Rockies won one of three at home versus the NL East leading Mets. Uh, They won the second game of the doubleheader in quite dominant fashion on Saturday. Your thoughts on either the weekend series versus the Mets or this road series in Pittsburgh? I think this game itself is important because they need to get Chad Cool back on track. And he's on track right now. He's he's, he's pitching pretty well. Yep. So I'll go with that as as the primary concern for the Rockies right now. Well, I'll use it. Listen, every sport has their own lingo like greasy goal right stand, I want no I want to hear that again stand on your L. no I don't need to but every sport has their own lingo I'll give you baseball lingo for what Chad cool is doing right now okay he's been wildly effective three and a third innings four hits three walks he's been wildly effective keeping them on their toes yeah I mean seven seven guys have gotten on base in a little over three innings that's wildly effective scrambling that's my point. He's wildly effective. He is scrambling. Those are two words that sum him up today. He's at his best when he scrambles. Well, he certainly doesn't have his best stuff today. No. Just in case you missed it, last night, officials asked Theo Pinson of the Dallas Mavericks to change his shirt since it was the same color as the Warriors jerseys. He was wearing a white shirt. Warriors were in their white uniforms last night in Dallas. The Mavericks have been fined a total of $175,000 for violating league bench decorum rules because they've had players who were on the bench but were encroaching on the playing court and some coaches who were doing the same uh, during game action. How do you view Pinson's gamemanship, gamesmanship with the same color shirt as the opposing team's jersey and the, ba- the Mavs bench enthusiasm despite being down 3-0? I will bet that his choice of colors in the t-shirt under the jersey was accidental how much was but, the? but i would also like i would also like to i'm confused because i expect someday it used to be the home team was always in white and the road team was always in dark colors right, right. and I, I expect both teams to show up with white jerseys and the staffs to have miscommunicated so. he, here's the simplest way to answer this question how much were they fined $175,000 for three separate incidences instances of Violating bench decorum. What is 4.7 billion divided <laughs> by that number? 
because that is pocket change to Mark Cuban. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, they always have fantastic specials right now. All 750 milliliter bottles of French wine, 15% off. Don't forget, Argonaut delivers and delivers to, to anywhere in the Denver metro area. If your delivery charge is over 100 bucks, they will do it for free. Find them off of Colfax or go to ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Alex, Danny, great job today. Same with you, Terry. Give me those numbers again. I'm still trying to get them into 4. my 4.7 billion divided by 175,000. Make it the best possible night. 314,612. Now here is me.